Ready to start mm -hmm. in five, four, three. Welcome to the Weird Science Podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Shane. And you are listening to a podcast where comedians explore everything weird about science. Today, uh, the fourth dimension. Ooh, all right. I love that band. Uh, yeah, it's a good. Yeah, they're a good cover band. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it uh, it is a spinoff from our recent coverage of the oh. uh, congressional UAP hearings. If you okay. have not heard those episodes, uh, we covered it extensively uh, in a couple episodes. So check them out. Mm -hmm. uh, very groundbreaking stuff. We posted on our socials this great quote from an editorial from the Hill. I, I I'm becoming a real fan of the Hill, by the way. I don't know much about them, but uh, they the, do. The seem Hill is a nonpartisan. You know, they like when you look at common sense media, which breaks down everybody's leanings. Oh yeah, yeah. They're like right in the middle. They well, do, they, they report on what is happening. Okay. But they did. They do have an editorial uh, group, you know, mm -hmm. which is opinions sure. more than news. But the, the the article was spot on. Yeah, it was great. It was. Uh, it's either a cover up or it's real. Oh, I mean, no, no, it's no. not a cover. It's, it's either, either real or it's a right. psyop. Either the yeah. government has been denying that we have UFOs for decades or they've been actively participating in a disinformation campaign to make us think that we do yeah and both either, are crazy. One, either <laughs> yeah, one either one's not good yeah uh, but in the congressional hearings david grush had, if you if, if you haven't heard those david grush is a uh, former intelligence officer whistleblower and he indicated to congress uh repeatedly that they were not alien intelligence. It was not extraterrestrial right, intelligence. Right. He insisted that it was non-human intelligence. Yes, NHIs. And 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 when asked about it, he wanted to leave open the possibility that there was dimensional travel. Sure. And so let's hear the clip of him okay. explaining this. You have mentioned that there's interdimensional potential. Could you expound on that? Uh, and then in terms of uh, multi-dimensionality, that kind of thing. The, the framework uh, that I'm familiar with, for example, is something called the holographic principle. Uh, both, uh, it's, it derives itself from general relativity and uh, quantum mechanics. And that is, if you want to imagine a 3D object such as yourself casting a shadow onto a 2D surface, uh, that's the holographic principle. So you can be projected, quasi-projected from higher dimensional space to lower dimensional. It's a scientific trope that you can actually cross, literally, as far as I understand, but there's probably guys with PhDs that we could probably the, argue about. The crazy that that taste. music was playing during the during hearing. During the hearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's crazy. You bring background, you bring walk-up <laughs> yeah. music to a congressional <laughs> yeah. hearing, you're the, you're yeah. the man. Hell yeah. so, uh, so you heard that the general gist of the uh, holographic principle from David Grush. Admittedly, if you're not uh, a quantum physicist or mathematician, this stuff's really hard to understand. I'm saying yeah. that up top. Yeah, yeah, it uh, can be for sure. For sure. So if you're not one of those people, I don't know, drink a beer, smoke a bowl, try. <laughs> yeah, it helps it me. Yeah, um, yeah. But the the holographic principle uh, arose in the early '90s uh, with uh, a physicist named Gerard Tuft. Oh, Tuft. Yeah, Tuft. Yeah. I don't know what name. the apostrophe T is in a name. Otherwise, it would just be Thoft. 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 This yeah. is how Americans ended up with such weird <laughs> right, names. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, if you immigrated to America Mm -hmm. and the immigration officer could not pronounce your name. Oh, yeah. They literally just shortened it. Yeah. Or they made it Smith. Smith. Yeah. 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 What do you what do you do? I'm a blacksmith. You're Smith. Right. Right. That's what. Yeah. It's uh, but in any case, uh, what what this theory uh, is that the plank length, uh, the plank length, by the way, is the the length of dimension where regular Einstein uh, physics start to not make sense. Oh, and right. Quantum physics sure. start to make more when sense. When things get real time, yes, things get real weird. They begin to dominate. The, 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 the theories of quantum mechanics begin to dominate classical gravitational theory. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very small. Yeah. Um, and on uh, that length can hold one bit of information. Mm-hmm. And all that information is contained by the surface area of the object, not its volume. Now, what does that mean practically? Uh, it means that uh, even if you you are a three-dimensional object trapped in a two-dimensional space, mm. right? Okay. Here's how it makes sense to me, right? In the 90s, if you went to the mall, uh, which I did. I did quite a the bit. The mall. Yeah. I know no I know the mall is a sad place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going to the mall today, but in the 90s it was essentially like our social media. Yeah, it was great. Like you see people yeah, out. Yeah, it's where you went yeah. to be seen, you it was know. a city like, square. Yeah, 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 that's right. It was and we don't need that anymore because we have social media, but that's what you did. And one of the things in the mall it was never a store, it was always a kiosk. Mm. And the kiosk's most interesting part of the mall, right? The brick and the places on the side were national chains. Yeah, the center of the mall were grifters. Yeah, there's a bunch of wild guys. It was like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's like the fair came to town right. at some stage, yeah. and they're like, check this <laughs> like, out. Yeah. yeah, but it was my favorite part of the mall. Absolutely. And there was a kiosk there that sold these uh, images, and it always looked like something kind of weird. Sometimes mm-hmm. it'd be a picture, like a sailboat. Well, about time, the magic eyes. Yeah, magic eyes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the magic eye was this poster. And what you would do is you would stare at it. And if you stared at it long enough till your eyes got kind of crossed and blurry, you would see a three-dimensional object, mm-hmm. right? So you would stare at it for a while. Some yeah. people could never do it. Yeah, some people could never could. Uh, uh, I, rem- I still remember the first one I saw. It was the uh, Enterprise from uh, uh, Next Generation. And I finally saw it. There's, a, there's like a weird appliance store on my way home oh. uh, from school, but they also had Nagel posters all over oh, in wow, there. Okay, so they okay. sold art and they were appliances. It was South Dakota. It was Ooh. weird. What a what a renaissance that guy had. <laughs> yeah, I know. Life. I'm tired of selling fridges. <laughs> I'm a real big fan of Jasper Johns. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or he was just a real cokehead and he's like, ooh, I love this Nagel art. Yeah. Uh, but then he also had like smashed instruments, like musical instruments he'd sell. Wow. Um, but yeah, I saw it there and I was like, I'll never forget the day I saw it. Right, that thing, and, and, and also, and this is important for what we're about to say. Like I, 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 I you, once you get good at it, it becomes quicker and quicker. Yes, right, and that's how I think of the holographic principle: mm-hmm. is that you can see the three dimensional object, and in our case, we might experience a three dimensional world mm-hmm. with three dimensional objects. Height, I mean, height, length, width, yep. a cube, right. But if you were to step back, like 
that three-dimensional image is still contained within a flat space. Yeah, yeah. It's a two-dimensional image, but somehow you see it in 3D. Right, as for lighting. Lighting is light. and lighting and perspectives. And, help, and, helps and light that. will become important here in a bit. But yeah, so that's how I think of the holographic principle, is that we might experience a three-dimensional world, but if you can fathom a being a dimension above us, looking at the poster... It's just a flat poster. Oh, right. right. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's it's just flat. Yeah, because right? if you have four dimensions, what do three dimensions look like to you? It's like, yeah, yeah it just looks, a like, paper. looks yeah. like a sheet of paper. Yeah. So that so those those godlike beings that would stand out there, they see a two-dimensional thing. We experience a three-dimensional thing. Okay. And and that in theory, and we'll we'll talk about black holes. In theory, that goes on infinitely. So there's infinite dimensions to right. space. Um, but that's how I think about it. Um now, uh, the, the black hole, uh, which is important here, um, has a surface to it. And the idea of the holographic principle is that surface, not the volume of the black hole, okay. is what determines the, the existence, right? All right, information okay. is confined by that surface. So think of it like the skin of an animal. Yes. Right. So, black hole is the skin of this skin of this. Okay. Yeah, the event horizon, so to speak, okay. uh, and that that event horizon is important, you know, because the event horizon is where light can't escape. Essentially, right? Mm-hmm. right? The gravity exceeds the speed of light, or some, some equation that I don't understand. Which brings up the question: If we live, in, if we do live in a sort of hologram, mm-hmm. is really that just a way of saying that we live in the inside of a black hole? Oh, okay. Which is. A theory. Now, some theorists say that's impossible because nothing would survive right, being yeah. sucked into a black hole. We would just turn into spaghetti, like yeah. long strings of reality. There's there. some there's some really great animations online of like what would happen if you cross the event horizon. And it's uh, basically your body gets bisected and bisected and bisected, smaller and smaller and smaller to like the atomic yeah. scale. But like, I think you're like awake for a lot of it. <laughs> so it's, And it like takes millennia because of the amount of gravity so it actually yeah. takes a lot longer for you to basically die and get stretched <laughs> to true. infinity so it's like the worst yeah. place to really hang out um so don't do it yeah uh well and, and and the reason why you wouldn't want to hang out there is because at least the way that science believes and, and really the math seems to work out is we would not the universe we we understand would not survive that that sure. process of passing through the event horizon. Yeah, yeah. However, there's another theory, Schwarzschild cosmology, which posits that the one way we could live in a black hole is that if the black hole formed and the Big Bang was the first singularity of that, the end of the black hole. Oh, interesting. So we formed in a black hole. But then we shot it. Well, I know I know one thing is that they've done studies. They, they think now that, Whatever data and universe stuff goes into a black hole gets shot out the other side. Right. So are we? Yeah. Are we living in the black hole? Are we just out the other side? Yes. The back of it. The universe. So the idea is that the Big Bang was the beginning of existence inside the black hole, mm-hmm. and then each dimension is sort of like Russian nesting dolls. Oh. Okay. So our universe is exists within a bigger parent universe within a bigger parent universe. And in, in, infinitely. Yeah, yeah. So we are just, and, and, and so then, you know, again, come back to the idea of dimensionality. The singularity is the zero dimension. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? The zero dimension, everything is a dot. 
right? Everything is just no length, no width, just a, a dot. The first dimension, you get length. Okay. You get width, right? You know, you can you can have a line yeah. longer than one. If you were to draw a cube in the first dimension, it would just be a straight line. Right. Then you have the second dimension, which is a square. If you draw a cube in the second dimension, it's a square. Yeah. Zero dot, first dimension lines, second dimensions. And then you have the third dimension, which is our dimension that mm-hmm. we experience, which is height with, like, you can actually hold a cube as mm-hmm. we think of it. Then you go to the fourth dimension. Ooh, and this is where it gets interesting. Yeah, it gets interesting. I mean, and geometrically, what you now have is not a cube, but a tesseract. Yeah. Uh, and the tesseract, which I think most of us know from science fiction, is is a, a cube suspended within a cube with even more points. Mm-hmm. And and that's how geometry imagines it. Quantum mechanics and physics imagine it as uh, a cube that has other dimensions to it. Oh. Like, and what those dimensions are are almost impossible to imagine in a three D universe. Right, just right. as a square could never imagine what it would be like to be a cube. Yeah, because we we don't have the baseline right. understanding of what that would look like. Yes, that doesn't mean that we cannot mathematically and scientifically see those dimensions, or or or, oh, or, yeah. or or at least theorize and say, well, that anomaly in math might be caused by the fourth dimension. Mm, okay, does that make sense? Yeah, I think so because we're just trying to guesstimate but using the best tools we have which is science we're trying to posit what's happening out there right and i mean just seeing how it reacts back to us i mean one place you see something like this is in like slip theory oh yeah yeah the quantum slip theory yeah the particle so so if you don't know it's called the observer effect you shoot a particle through a, a one particle through a tiny tiny microscopic hole in a, and that particle seems to react differently whether somebody's watching it or not. Yes, yes. And everybody's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And they're like, it doesn't unless it's a hologram. Oh, interesting. Unless there's something in the fourth dimension, which we don't understand, that makes this work. Mm, Interesting, okay. So another another great analogy that I, I think helps makes this make sense is imagine a flat table. And on the table, there's a square, a drawn square, yep. two-dimensional square. Inside the square, there's a dot, a okay. button, right? Now, if you put an ant on that table and you were like, go push the button without crossing the square, the ant would never be able to do it. No, he does, and he's not even wearing sneakers. He can't jump. He can't jump. No. It's, a, it's, a, it's a big line. <laughs> yeah. But, but you would see, if you said, hey, don't cross the square, mm-hmm. but touch the button, the ant would just wander around the perimeter looking like... Yeah, uh, he doesn't even know what a square is, first of all. But yeah, he's just like, well, I don't well, even see how to get ant. in. Oh, smart ant, okay. I meant like a like, a, like oh, a, no. your your mom's sister. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean like a... <laughs> oh, oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. You just insulted women. I did. Sorry about that. No, no. <laughs> I, I do mean a, an ant. I think yeah, ants yeah. are pretty smart. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, I think they're. I know when they find a piece of food, they get a line in there real quick. They do. I mean, they put a uh, call out. uh, So yeah, but he would never, he would never fathom it. But if you walked up to the table, Mm -hmm. and someone said, "Touch the button without crossing," you would just come in from above and be like, "That's that's all. That's the 
problem. Yeah. But again, to a two-dimensional being, which an ant's not really a two-dimensional mm. being, but in this analogy they are, they, they, they can never touch the button. Right. But you, a higher being who experiences dimensionality in a different way, is like, well, yeah, because you just come up from above. Oh, aliens are just pushing our buttons. Well, exactly. Interdimensional beings might just be like, that's not even like a, a problem in our world. Like you're, right, the yeah. only reason that you're feeling an anomaly is because you're bound by a three-dimensional world. Okay. You're, you're, you're that, you're that hidden object on a two-dimensional space mm. experiencing life. You think you're three-dimensional or you're, 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 you're getting some, some time in your life. You're mm. getting some other kind of forces, waves and particle. And we just don't mm. understand it. Yeah. It's a fish who says to his friend, where's the ocean at? And he's like, it's all around you. He's like, yeah, I don't, you're, I don't you're, you're just embedded in it. You can't really perceive it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm on board. Okay. Um, now, let's listen uh, to, to another clip. The possibility of more dimensions than the three that we experience, right? So we all know about left, right, back, forth, and up, down, right? Those are the three dimensions that are all around us. We all move through them freely in day-to-day life. These other dimensions suggested by theoretical considerations, there is no experimental evidence for any of what I'm about to tell you, but the theoretical considerations suggest that in addition to left, right, back, forth, and up, down, there may be other spatial dimensions. It's hard to picture, like, where could they be? There doesn't seem to be any room left, and that's really the point. They are new places that our experience doesn't allow us to access directly, but according to these theoretical ideas might be there. I love a little analogy that helps to understand this. Think of uh, a garden hose is one that we love to use. So think about a garden hose that's nice and long. Now, from far away, the garden hose is going to look one-dimensional because that's the only part that you have the visual acuity to see because the circular part is just too small for your feeble eyes to detect. But then if you take a pair of binoculars from a faraway vantage point, now you see that there is a circular dimension, a circular part that wraps around the garden hose that you missed when you just used your feeble senses. So dimensions can be big, obvious, and easy to see, or they can be curled up and tiny much more difficult to detect. Now, the garden hose is an object in our universe, but this idea might apply to space itself, right? So it could be that left, right, back, forth, and up, down are the big, easy-to-see dimensions, like the horizontal extent of the garden hose. But just as the hose has a curled-up dimension, maybe space itself has curled-up dimensions. All around us, just curled up to such a fantastically small size, that we can't see them with our eyes. We can't see them even with today's most powerful microscopes. So there you have Brian Green uh, very Calling eloquently that. explaining that. Called us feeble. That, well, our sense is feeble. <laughs> right. that, that the, the up, down, left, right that we all experience may just be looking at a garden hose sure. from like 100 miles away. And that's kind of how we see things. Like everything's kind of on the macro scale, right? It's like mm-hmm. that's why we've kind of got like relativity and those things figured out regardless of the problems that may be involved with those. Uh, but when it starts to get small in the quantum world, like you said, that's those are rules that nothing in our world we think follows. Well, we think it doesn't follow, but there's starting to be studies that actually they're starting to be able to uh, measure 
quantum changes like spooky action at a distance with larger objects. So they're starting to Correct. understand how it affects, like That's, eventually they'll understand how it affects us. Correct. Which would be great. Um, well, in fact, uh, what you're what you're hinting at, which I love because that's where we were gonna go, is that oftentimes when I when I listen to these things and I, I read about them, what strikes me is the theoretical aspect of this. And it's like, yeah, great. Am I really gonna am I really gonna get deep into this theoretical thing mm-hmm. when everybody always says, Well, this is all theory and we don't really know how to think about this, but this is just our best guess. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mind the 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 theoretical like act. Mm-hmm. But then you're also like, well, what's the practical? Right, yeah. Like, what mean, are we going to do? What are the engineers going to be able to do? Right, this? and that's what the, the whole thing about Oppenheimer was. If you've seen that, it's like, yeah, sure, theory is great. You got to actually do something. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, can you split an atom theoretically? Yes. yes. Would it create a bomb theoretically? Yes. Well, then go do it. Yeah, go do it. Blow up the uh, world. Yeah, yeah, destroy it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bring the aliens <laughs> yeah, to yeah. the world, that's which true. is pretty much maybe what happened. I think that's what happened. Maybe they were like, uh, they've learned to split an atom. It's only a matter of time before. Because once you split an atom, just, you know, we weren't here to talk about Oppenheimer, but it makes a good analogy. Once you're able, once somebody says, you know, the atom isn't the smallest thing, Mm -hmm. there's something smaller within it. Right. Right. I mean, I, this is, I'm 49 years old. This will blow your mind. I'm 49, born in 1973. Graduated high school in 1991. We had a, uh, a substitute at my high school who was one of those subs that, like, was kind of, like, just on the books. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I think she just came in every day, and she was going to sub at some point. Right. She was a retired teacher, and her name was Sarge. She was a nice. woman, and, like, you'd be like, oh, yeah. who's your sub? Sarge. And some people nice. loved Sarge, and some people hated Sarge was by the book sub. Like, yeah, this yeah. is what the teacher said to do. If it took eight minutes, she'd be like, well, then I guess class is over. Like, she's not. <laughs> yeah, nice. Like, so that was cool. Yeah. Um, so Sarge was, we had her in, in physics class one time. And uh, we asked her a question, right? We knew she didn't know the answer. We right, were just yeah. kind of like messing and with like, the sub. Dumb sub. Sarge said, don't ask me nothing about physics. When I took physics, they hadn't split the atom. Oh wow! So so so, think about that in just sort of the the time frame, right? Right. Like I'm in high school, being substitute taught by a former teacher that didn't understand that the atom had been split. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. That yeah. that's how recent that discovery really is. Yeah. So we split the atom, and once we split the atom, then you realize well. If you split the atom, then you can split it even further. And you yeah. can split it even further. And you just split right. Now we're down to now we're down to quirks and like yeah. well, maybe that's smaller. Right. Yeah. Every time we go smaller, right? Now, the point being is that we think about we think about interdimensionality as like, well, there's something beyond us that's bigger. Oh, right. Well, maybe there's stuff that's smaller and right. smaller. Right, which it makes sense. Yeah. Right, which would, right? That we're not we're not at the third level. We're at the the third infinite level. Right, and yeah, there's, there's infinity just more levels. Below, right. Yeah, we can't so, understand. So, and that's what brought interdimensional beings into our universe. Mm. The splitting of the atom when they understood, oh, they found us. Okay. Like, they're not on to us, we're on to them. Right, yeah. Right, and, and, and vice versa. So now that we're, that's the sort of framework for the UAP thing that, that we talked about at the top. Right. Again, all theory, what's the practical implications of this? Right. This week, 
which is remarkable, engineers at the uh, University of Missouri uh, published a paper in the Journal of Science Advances, uh, and the team uh, created a metamaterial uh, using the fourth dimension. Oh, no shit. So oh, I did see this. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, yeah, they have a material that's showing fourth dimensional properties. Right. Wow. So uh, uh, I really apologize that I... I I think it's Doc. Well, I'm almost positive it's Doctor Wong. H U A N G. Is that how you would say? Oh yeah, H. Yeah, Wong. Wong. That sounds right. Sounds right. But we're uh, also very white men. So yeah. So like, I don't. You know, I don't want to put too much of an accent, but not. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's when you put an accent on is when it gets bad. You, oh. can, you can fuck up the name all you want, but just don't say it in what you perceive as their accent. Don't say it. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to. <laughs> no, sound no, I know. You're just trying to like. Wong. It's like when you say like Ibiza. With a with a with an Asian name, there's some there's some there's yeah there's some sounds in other languages that we don't make. Yes, and that's exactly. what I, and, and I just that makes sense. It gets tough sometimes. I don't know why we got off on that tangent. But <laughs> Doctor uh, Huang uh, ever listens to this? I'll send it to him. They what they did is they took math and light, which again they're just throwing those terms around like it's simple. <laughs> yeah, using math and light, yeah, yeah. we were able to uh, harness uh, the synthetic dimension. The synthetic dimension is the hypothetical fourth dimension. Okay. Uh, that we can't really access, but now engineers are taking uh, theoretical quantum physics and, and mechanics and putting it into practice. Wow. And they built, they literally built a metamaterial that can harness energy moving across its surface. Wow. Right? So, you know, we know that there's wave particles moving and there's energy moving. Um, think about it like an earthquake. When an earthquake rattles the earth 90 mm-hmm. percent of the energy moves across the surface no, of laterally, the earth yeah. laterally as an energy wave it's not the shaking of the ground that really destroys buildings it's that surface wave that just sort of they are now able to harness that energy as it moves across this metamaterial and direct it where they want it wow. to go well that's gonna lead to free energy for all well uh Probably going to lead to a bomb. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I, mean, not, I mean, not. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Not by not by the University of Missouri, right? But, I mean, it's probably going to be. I mean, it probably has potential to be the most catastrophic uh, weapon that we've ever discovered. Would be my guess. Hell yeah, America, we did it again. Watch could you, out. Could you imagine a like where you're like, we will we will literally level your entire city with an energy way that will knock down every building so and no radiation. People will be like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, and then, then well, there's a what's that guy that came out recently that worked at the Antarctic base, and he claims that that's just a giant energy weapon, and that they caused an earthquake in Turkey with this shit. Do you see this? This shit's wild. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, mean, he's like, we have the ability to do this stuff. Look, if you're listening for the first time, we used to be a conspiracy podcast, Mm -hmm. and this is where I go back to my (laughs) conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. maybe you're onto something there, shit. Yeah, Um, but. We're trying. We're trying mm-hmm. to continue to, to explore weird science because that's what we've been doing for Absolutely. the last years. Let's let's um, let's stick with topology, which is this weird brand of mathematics that studies shapes and their arrangement in space, mm-hmm. which is what these mechanical engineers were able to leverage to uh, create what is called uh, a, a topological pumping. Oh, hell yeah. Which allows waves to navigate a sample undisturbed by disorders and defects. And that's the from their paper that was just published. Wait, read that one more time? Allows waves 
to navigate a sample, which in other words is an object, it's a material, yeah. undisturbed by disorders and defects. Huh. So they're able to, so, so this, this wave of energy normally would just sort of get absorbed and, you know, you wouldn't experience it. They're right. able to sort of control it okay. free of de- disorder and defects and therefore capture the energy, so to speak. Fourth dimensional energy. Wow. Um, wow. I don't understand any of that, but that's crazy. I got to well, look it's, this study. It's, again, it's not understandable in a third dimensional perspective. Mm-hmm. So you, you're going to have to resort to an analogy to understand it. Okay. Um, again, it's, it's if you're living in a cube and somehow you can see the tesseract, or if you're a square that can somehow glimpse the cube, mm-hmm. and you might say, well, between me and the, and the tesseract or the, me, the, the square and the cube, there's energy there. Okay. Yeah, Maybe yeah. we can grab that energy and do something with it. Okay. Is that does that tie in with all the energy that's in the universe that basically is in all the negative space that we see? It's like all the energy just yes, housed in the universe. There's way more. Like, there's way more non-particles and particles. Right. Yeah. Right? yeah. We just have to figure out the best way to detect right. it. That's right. I mean, I mean, if you look out in space, you see a lot of stars. You don't notice that there's infinitely more nothingness. Right. And actually, that. Applies to everything. everything. We're, we're mostly nothing. We're mostly nothing. Yeah, and that's, and this space. is just sort of playing around in that nothingness of space. Okay. Right. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, that's, I don't mean nothingness like out. I'm talking inside of you on top of the surface. Yeah. yeah. This, Nothing's you know, actually phys- like solid. Yeah. Yeah. The solidness, again, it, that, that solid perception is because of where you exist in the holographic image. Okay. So you see this as solid. The person above you. They don't see you. They may not even see a difference between you and the book. It's the microphone in front of you. Wild. It might just all look like a river flowing. Oh, right. Yeah. Right? Hmm. Like, you remember the Matrix, uh, the movie, and when you would pull back and you would see the screen of falling numbers. Yeah. And at one point, uh, if, if you've never seen the Matrix, that catch up. The Betrayer. Um, I think his name is uh, Cy- Cypher. 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 He says, yeah, if you look at it long enough, I just see blonde, redhead, brunette. Yeah. But you can see that, like, it's just this, you know, very complicated Mm -hmm. algorithm. Mm -hmm. People in the Matrix see it as life. Yeah. And then eventually the savior of the Matrix, Neo, he's able to see both. Right. He sees the world as it's truly structured. And that's sort of this idea of where you are in that two-dimensional painting. Are you seeing it from... Standing in the mall, are you seeing the third three-dimensional object within, or are you living in that three-dimensional object? Wow. wow. And that's tough for a lot of people because they assume that life only exists in our plane. You know, it's like, how could anything living be that small? Right. You know, how or that large? How would that even work? That's that's correct. Which is a real, and I think they've talked, they talked about this, like, ontological shock. It's like, changes your whole world perspective on where you exist, and it's... Hard enough for people to say, oh, I exist on the same plane with some creature I don't recognize or understand. But what if you're existing on multiple planes with multiple creatures and beings you don't understand? It just, instead of being a very linear thing, it's now, oh, it's everywhere at all times. Right. Uh, right. And I think that's, a, which is what they've said. You know, they said, whatever's out there is here all the time. And it's next sitting right next to us. Sitting right next probably to Probably a podcast with a bunch of fourth dimensional well, beings right. on the or, same or table. Or sitting inside of you. Like it, oh, it, hell, that's what that right? feeling was. Uh, <laughs> I was like, no wonder I had to get a colonoscopy. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it it is it is important to understand that it is uh, it is something. It's not something happening elsewhere, right? It's something happening everywhere, mm-hmm. and you are happening within it, right? right? It's the fish in the ocean. Where's the ocean? Look around you. I don't see it. It's yeah. right around you. You're just dumb. You got it. What did he say? What did he call us? We had a uh, what kind Limited of brain? First, first, uh, what did Brian Green say? Well, he didn't say it. We're idiots. It really hurt my feelings, Brian Green, if you're um, listening. Well, okay, so now I want to just make sure we, we understand where we are. We, I think we've done a pretty good job understanding the holographic principle. Mm-hmm. Then we say, based on these ideas, this like in the last week, these engineers were able to harness some fourth-dimensional power mm-hmm. on a surface of, of an object here in our space. Okay. And that sounds like, well, that's really cool. Well, what could happen with it? Well, uh, just this year, uh, March 27th, a physicist and science officer at Raja Ramana Center for Advanced Technology in India. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to really do bad on this name. Oh, my wife's Indian. I can probably do this. What do you got? This Which is one a, is it? Mr. Uh, Mr. Steve Smith. Steve. Weird. <laughs> no, sorry, it's not. <laughs> uh, Mr. Woe, I would say. I, you don't even try Whoa. to do the first name. Yeah, the first name. Mr. Mr. Wo, W-A-U-G-H. He he has proposed a theory that time is not the fourth dimension. Now, the idea that time is the fourth dimension, of course, is an Einsteinian principle. Um, uh, Einstein really rejected some of the... He didn't reject. He built upon the the theories of Isaac Newton. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and time uh, was was sort of this fourth dimension. Mm -hmm. He had lots of things to do with time. Uh, but this new theory, shockingly simple, okay. um, is based upon the, the concept of time duration, and it basically goes like this. Distance is velocity times time. Sure. So mm-hmm. how, how, fast how far you go is, you know, is based upon how fast you're going mm-hmm. and how long you do it. Well, we all know how to do math, right? Some of so us, you yeah. can you can you can switch the occasion and define time is distance divided by velocity. Okay, so what does that mean for us lay people? Well, I want you to make sure you understand what that means. We can if 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 distance, mm-hmm. right? It's like if you say to somebody, "I ran at ten miles an hour for mm-hmm. one hour," they would say you went ten miles. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Well, then we can define time as the other thing, right? Okay. Time, you want to figure out what time is. If you say, I ran 10 miles at 10 miles an hour, how long did I run? One hour. Okay. So yep. time is a principle of distance and velocity. Oh, and I guess that kind of ties in with what I was saying earlier with black holes. Like the slower you're moving, the exactly. gravity changes your time. Exactly. Yeah. So time cannot be separated uh, for motion, without motion, the concept of time will cease to exist. Mm-hmm. So what does this mean? Uh, is that what if 
that motion across the surface of this metamaterial created by engineers is it's that motion, that movement, which is distance and velocity mm-hmm. equals time. Okay. In other words, what was actually probably discovered inadvertently in engineering oh. is they would not explain it this way is they discovered time travel. Holy shit. Because we think about time as this fourth dimension. It's not. Mm-hmm. The next dimension is just, it's moving at a speed and at a distance that's different than ours. Mm-hmm. We experience that as time. Mm-hmm. But in reality, again, if you pull back and look at it, a higher being would say, that's, that's nothing to do with time. Right. It's It's just, it literally is just that we're seeing it from a perspective that you're, okay, here's my favorite analogy. All right, let's hear it. Right? Um, Is you're on a train going from Los Angeles to New York. Okay. Bar car? Well, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. It's it's you. I got the wrong priority. Another person. Mm -hmm. It's a glass train. Okay. So it's visible, right, from the outside. Mm Mm-hmm. And inside the car is a is a ping pong table. Mm. You're standing on the New York side of the train. Yeah. Your friend is on the Los Angeles side mm-hmm. of the train. And you hit the ping pong ball to your friend. Mm-hmm. Now, your friend, he sees the ball coming at him. Very fast, probably. Let's say you hit it slow. Oh, okay. He sees the ball coming to him. Mm-hmm. In his perception, it's across the table or... If he wanted to be, it's from east to west. Okay, yeah. Okay, right? So, like, mm-hmm. that's that's his perception of the ball. If somebody standing on the street waiting for the train at a, at a, at a, at a junction came by at that precise moment, mm-hmm. they would not see the ball going from east to west. Right. Because the train is going... The west other direction. East, yeah. It's going west to east. So in their in their perception, they never see the ball go that direction. Right. Right? Because it's just like, well, no, it's not going that direction because right. like I see that it's going much faster the other direction. Mm-hmm. Right? They would see it go east and a little slower east. Yes. It would vary like a wave, but it would not be ever going that direction. Right. Okay. But if you were to take someone and go out in outer space and watch exact same moment where the ping pong balls hit person standing at intersection, they don't see the car going east at all because the earth is rotating the other direction. Oh, yeah. So everything is moving in that space. Wait, right? earth doesn't rotate east? No, I think it rotates the other way. Oh, crazy. Right? Does it? That's why the times go that direction. Oh, okay. Yeah, it right? shows what I know. So, so, so the earth is going you know, the other direction. Mm-hmm. But of course, again... Another perspective. Well, yeah, but the Earth goes the other direction around the sun. Right. So really, it's never like. And actually, so, Earth's spiraling. It's not a straight circle. It's right, a spiral right. through space. So, all, again, yeah. every time you pull back further mm-hmm. from the, the garden hose or the Earth right, or yeah. the ping pong ball, it's like, oh, well, yeah, well, now that makes sense. Like, you only experience life in the dimension that you were in. Everything below or above, you're theoretically experiencing and perhaps as mechanical engineers have uh, discovered in 
In Missouri, of all places. Yeah, which is wild. Yeah. The practical implication of that is what, what every time that we go into the quantum realm or just outside of it into the dimension above us, below and above us, we are potentially, I think, we are, when we capture this sort of surface energy, what we're really capturing is the ability to manipulate time. Sure. Um, and, the, that, and that is ultimately what I think is going on. Now, is, is it the ability to manipulate time or is it the ability to operate outside of time? It's the ability to it's the ability to see the three-dimensional object at the kiosk. Okay. Right? Remember people that couldn't do it? Mm-hmm. You'd have people standing there for 30 minutes like I don't see I can't. Yeah, I don't know. Like, these fucking numb schools. Someone would walk up and be like, ah, it's a teapot. And yeah. Like, fuck. You ever just lie to them? You're like, oh my God, oh, yeah, it's yeah, uh, Washington yeah. Crossing like to Delaware. Yeah, it's a dildo. Look at the detail in that thing. The veins. Yeah. But but it's that ability. And once you do that ability, perhaps you're able to harness some of that. When I say energy, you might call it information. Sure, data. And it might be, you know, part of what we might be experiencing in terms of uh, unidentified aerial phenomena, which many people have already mm-hmm. theorized, is that we're not discovering something. Nothing's arriving. Mm-hmm. It's always been here. We're just seeing. We're just starting to comprehend what is a bigger picture. Sure, which makes sense. I mean, if they say that, the reason we started seeing more with our pilots and whatever is when we started introducing infrared cameras. It's like, oh, because it's operating in a spectrum we typically can't see. There are times when it is available in our spectrum. Right. Um, but it's just we're discovering the tools and new ways to see these things. Sure. So they've always existed. That's that. Yes, they've always existed, or at least existed, pre-existed, what we think of as humans. Right. Yeah. We're just sort of now starting to be able to perceive these things. Wow. And, and, and. You know, to bring it back to like actual science, what is groundbreaking is that we now have a material which in some way harnesses some of the energy from the fourth dimension. Wow. Um, in the same way that we harnessed energy from the, the splitting of the atom, mm-hmm. right? And then we found that that has tremendous energy. Now we've moved to another, we've moved to a, a level above us. And that's very, very interesting. It is. Yeah. I mean, one of the things they've said is if uh, you like the energy that's around us at all times, if we knew how to harness it, uh, like the amount that you could fit in a thimble would destroy the earth. It's just like dumb facts like that. And you're like, there's that much energy surrounding us at all times. That's, if right. it was used which, for which, bad, ooh, watch yeah. out. We are the ants walking around square trying to push the button mm-hmm. when a creature a little above us would say, well, just, you just reach in from above. Yeah. You just go down from the top. You and it's like, idiot. why are y'all, why are y'all using, you know, fossil fuels and these and solar energy? Like there's energy everywhere. You just right, need to yeah. know how to harness it. Sure. Yeah. And then, and so all of that is just a, is a way of bringing back to like, you know, David Grush talks about this holographic principle and sworn testimony to Congress. Now, of course he's maybe giving an opinion there. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's but, tough. It's still under oath, so he's right. he's telling the truth of what he what he understands. Can you be charged uh, for having an opinion? <laughs> well, I think Donald well, Trump was about to find out. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, under oath is important. Um, so uh, uh, in any case, uh, you know, we have this idea that there's we live in a, on a holographic projection, and that there are dimensions, both nesting dolls that are smaller than us, mm-hmm. infinitely, and there are nesting dolls that are larger than us, infinitely. Yeah. And I think we are just now 
in my lifetime, harnessing energy from both. We're yeah. starting to understand where we fit into this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very, very interesting to me. It is, yeah. It's, it's weird. Explains a lot. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it is. We've talked about this before, but it's it's. We're basically at the time when they had horses and cars at lots. It's like we're kind of in that in between. We're in time that in between we're like time. We're straddling two worlds. One is stuck in the past, and one is so far outside yeah. of our realm of understanding. Yeah, it's like the first people that saw a car probably lost their fucking mind. They're like, what? "Horseless carriage." Yeah, like they're still applying their their beliefs to it. They're like, "Where are the horses?" Right. I think a, a, a another good analogy in that in that way is like. We are the generation that had a home phone and a yeah. cell phone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I'm still blown away when I fill out a form and they ask for my home phone number. That's insane. And I'm like, who's had a home? I haven't had a home phone number in 25 yeah, years. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Like, as wow. soon as a cell phone came out, I was like, why would I want to use, what, what, what yeah. do you want me to fucking get a telegraph? Yeah, like, it's I'm insane. Not, and all home phones do is it's just spam calls constantly. Yeah, you no, know, it's it's the dumbest thing ever, but they still ask for it. And like, but we lived in that time mm-hmm. where you're like, this technology is new, it doesn't work all the time. I need a like like you just have a you have a phone yeah. at your house, right? Everybody yeah. did that. And now nobody has a phone at their house yeah. unless you're there. Well, some people are locked into some great deals with their are they uh, really? service <laughs> providers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my my brother and sister in law, they're like, they have a home phone, they got all this. I'm like, get rid of that shit. What are you doing? They're like, Well, every time we call, they're like it's will lower the price if you keep your phone in your house. I'd be what like, fuck the, off. What is the government loophole <laughs> that AT and T is doing? It doesn't make any sense. It does. Every time they're like, yeah, we can bundle your home phone, and I'm yeah. like, wait, wait. I'm like, stop right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're bundling anything involving a home phone, yeah. I'm done with this conversation. Yeah. Eventually, they're gonna be like, you know, you can get a cell phone, uh, internet for your house, and a kick in the balls for a lower rate. <laughs> it's like, well, why do I want the kick in the balls? It's like, well, we got a quota. I don't know. It would be the equivalent. Uh, this is a callback. Uh, it's always good to say when you're doing a callback. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you went to go buy a car, and you know, let's say it's twenty thousand, you're like, "Would you do seventeen thousand five hundred? Mm-hmm. Guys, like, here's what I'll do: I'll do twenty thousand, mm-hmm. but I'll kick in a horse. You'd be <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. "What but the fuck yeah, am I gonna yeah. do with a horse?" Yeah, this is this is the Mr. Beast complex. It's like I just made your life better. It's like, yeah, but the tax implications are brutal. <laughs> what am I gonna like, not gonna yeah. get a pasture? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Board? Like, I'm not digging a home phone. What the right. fuck are you trying and, to give me? And honestly, the worst thing about that is you got to put a post outside of your house. You got to dig a hole, get either concrete or the foam that fills it up, and then you just strap your horse to that. Yeah. Like, who's got a post out front? I would do it. I would just let that horse just go. <laughs> just with her. I mean, I'm, oh, you I'm, run I would, Look, I am all for feral animals. I want, <laughs> I want wild horse. I want wild horses. I want wild dogs. I think wild oh, dogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are always good. Packs of wild dogs. This is the weird part of the Weird Science Podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I'm going to stand it, um, but it's been fun. Um, I think I, I think that I am drawn to this topic because, one, people like Brian Green from Columbia University, they just always sound really good when they talk about this. Yeah, stuff. they do. Yeah. They don't put the dumb idiots on TV. They get yeah. the smart scientists. Right. I mean, I, I I prefer him even to like a Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is also very smart, I think, in his own right. Yeah. But I think also in the circles we run, people are like, why is he so weird about shit? Just fucking. Yeah. Like he. he he's a naysayer. I think he's like a. Um, he's a. He's a. He's like a Joe Rogan for a certain. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
Like he takes sort of complex ideas and tries to make them understand, which I really appreciate. It's kind of what we do on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very good at it. Um, I like the guys that just make no sense. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're like, this analogy will help. Imagine that you're <laughs> yeah. a speck of dust inside a feather that's flying on a bird <laughs> yeah. under the ocean. Like, what yeah, yeah. the? What? Yeah, those are the people that are like, uh, they definitely have, uh, they're Rain Man type people and they don't know how to make an analogy that makes sense to us. But right. I appreciate it because they're so passionate. They understand yeah. their world. It's, I mean, it's like us trying to understand fourth dimension. Right. Stuff. And, and, look, and I love that. Because, and I don't, yeah. I, I like those guys. Look, I'm not that guy. Also, that guy couldn't stand in front of a room of 150 people and make them laugh. And no. I can do that. There you go. It's I true. mean, I'm a clown. Sometimes more I'm people. I'm a clown. That's, We're both very clowny. Yeah, I'm a silly. Someone last night did a show. We did a show together last we night. We did, yeah. Uh, and after the show, someone said, I like it when you're silly. Oh, was it your wife? No. It was, well, a, it was, an, it was, an, it was an audience member nice. who likes my comedy enough to say, I like it when you're silly. Nice. Yeah, silly's good. And I, I was like, oh, like I was kind of being silly last night. I was tired. It was late. Yeah. I, uh, silly is always better because it's like everyone gets silly. I think one of my problems uh, is like I'm often, I got to do my comedy by the book. But then the times when I'm just dumb and silly and fucking having a good time, I was like, that was amazing. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, because I was myself. I was just being stupid. Well, and I'm, silly is where it's at. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, Dr. Schwarzschild couldn't pull that off, no, that no. silliness. But I appreciate that that there are people in this world mm-hmm. who are not silly people. Yes. Uh, and that's what I think this pod uh, should be about is there's yeah. a, there's a there's a connection between science and comedy that is unique and and, and engaging to me. I agree. Right? I agree. Um, well, I think that uh, comedians often we see uh, we we've said this before, but it's like we and we talk about the Matrix, but it's like kind of we see the code because we're such observant people. We're constantly breaking down interactions and right. relationships and stuff, and it's like that in a sense is very scientific. And the way you build a joke is like. It's a peer-reviewed thing. Like you try a joke, it didn't work. Comedy is it's peer-reviewed. peer-reviewed. That's so, a really great point. I yeah, never so you're constantly of. evolving and uh, adjusting your data or like your your uh, not equations, but your what's it called? Uh, what do you do when, as your scientist? Uh, uh, experiments. There we go. Oh. Um, <laughs> this is why I'm not a scientist. Uh, but you're constantly like tweaking your experiments and figuring out uh, the right way to do things. I wonder, and, and uh, uh, if there's any scientist out there that hear this send us an email and tell us I, i'm very curious about this in comedy uh it's very peer-reviewed so most of your new material mm-hmm. is performed in front of an audience that's predominantly comics yes if you get comics laughing you know one you're on to something mm-hmm. you know too that it's going to have to be adjusted for a broader audience yes right? yes because if it makes comics laugh it will not generally make the audience laugh but you're on to something yes there is this phenomena when you debut a joke, something new, and the audience loves it, and comics don't. Mm-hmm. And our reaction is, screw that joke. That joke sucks. I can't believe that <laughs> joke works. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering <laughs> yeah. if there's something in the scientific community oh, yeah. that's the same. Like, not where you put out a paper and the whole scientific community is like, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. But if you put something out, and the, the the people are like, oh, I love this. Yeah, yeah. And scientists are like, man, fuck that theory. Well, that's Avi Loeb. Oh, it is Avi Loeb. That's totally Avi Loeb. Yeah. It's like Harvard scientist. Uh, oh, just yeah, did right. an expedition. The, was it the Galileo yeah, expedition? Right. He's looking for 
he pulled he he's the people online have been like in 28 days we're gonna find out if what he found was uh, uh, a spacecraft or if it's just he, random stuff, he is so. by the way if you don't know abby Loeb, he is the uh harvard scientist who proposed that the cigar-shaped object that hurled through our universe uh, a few years ago was actually a UFO. Yes. Um, was a... Which it didn't act like uh, anything else out there. So it kind of took a left turn. It, 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 it did some weird and, shit. And, and in his defense, because I know he did... Look, Shane's right. He told a joke that the media picked up on mm-hmm. and ran with, and everybody... And scientists were like, that's outlandish and wild. In his defense, my perspective was, he said, here's what we know this thing did. Here's what we know it's not. Why isn't the idea that it's an unidentified flying object, a spaceship, from, why isn't that a theory? Right, because it, be it should be reasonable right. to ask these questions. The logical conclusion is, if it's not this, not this, then it has to be that. Yeah. That was his point. And I, I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, you know what? From a layman's perspective, and I think... Science said, look, that's a huge leap in terms of what we understand about the universe. You can't make, you have to incrementally make those leaps. Right, right. Like, you don't say something like that, right? Yeah, you can't go from, like, from a horse to a, a hovercraft. You got to have the car in there first. Right. Or else yeah, people yeah. be like, there's yeah. no way you can do this. If that's you, crazy. If you are a zoologist and you have a Bigfoot encounter, you're like 100%. I saw a animal that was a bipedal homino mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't know if I pronounced it right. Hominid. Hominid. There you go. That's uh, right. If you see that and you're like, I saw a Bigfoot, you don't yeah. publish a paper. No, no. You'll lose your job. Yeah, you got to tell people you saw small feet first. Yeah, you got to work up to it. You got to get, yeah. you got to, you got to go in there and you got to find some evidence. Mm-hmm. I know it was here. Here's some photographs of its footprint. Needs to be. You, you got to take steps. Yes, yeah. Because you got to you got to really need breadcrumbs for the public because they have such a hard time. Even though with religion, they're like, yeah, uh, three beings live together in the sky is one thing. Like, and that's like, oh, that makes sense. But then you're like, right. oh, check out this uh, fucking drone that will take you to work. And like, what is this? Yeah, right. No, yeah, you no. Yeah, you gotta yeah, yeah. Breadcrumbs. Got to lead it up. Yeah, you gotta you gotta drizzle them along. Uh, final thoughts uh, on this. One, well, is it final thoughts if I do two? Uh, you can say two final thoughts. No. I'm going to pull it down to one. Okay. Um, we're a scientific podcast now. I'm not going to yeah. hard math. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Um, I, I think that in the future, probably after I'm gone, but maybe in my lifetime, mm-hmm. But almost assuredly in my children's lifetime. So that's that's another, let's say, 80, 90 years. Mm-hmm. We will look back at 2000, 2020 as the, sh- the the massive sure yeah shift in how we understand the universe. Yeah, I agree. Um, in a way that we look back at like the world was flat. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> so in the future, we're going to get to a place and people will be still like flat earthers in the future, but they'll be like that towards uh, towards quantum towards mechanics. Quantum mechanics. Yes. Yeah. You'll okay. be like, you literally are <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> yeah. 
midi you're you're yeah, yeah. you are five to a thousand years out of like yeah reality yeah like some guy's gonna build his own tesseract and try to fly into the next dimension and crash and burn yeah i mean you know i hadn't thought of this but it but it might make sense that um one of the things that the uip congressional hearings have sort of boiled to the surface is that the vatican of uh, the catholic church which whatever you think of them they're one of the most powerful and oldest organizations yeah. in the world people think well the vatican's had this information for yes like yeah a thousand plus years mm-hmm. and they've just kept it down so why do people still believe in say a uh, uh, three a trinity of gods right. in the sky that are one well, maybe because like there's been a very powerful organization trying to maintain mm-hmm. a flat earth view of yeah. reality because because this is this is seismic shift in theology when this when this happened. Yes. When we understand that that you know there are gods upon gods upon you know and and or maybe there's maybe there's one god or no god or there's right. nothing and there's 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 everything all at once. Sure. It's 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 so revolutionary that it would make sense. The only way to sort of keep the truth out was, and look, the Catholic Church has been brilliant at suppressing the truth. Yeah, they've done a great job. Yeah, I mean, they I mean, they Sinead kept Oconomy the flat Earth proof. until it, then they shifted it. So, yeah, you know, I think that in the in the coming decades, that we're going to see a, a seismic shift in how we perceive reality in the not just in a theoretical level, but in a practical way. Yes, yeah. It's not enough to say the earth isn't flat. You have to sail around the world. Yeah. Right? I don't mean Columbus because he didn't. I don't yeah. I don't mean we 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 branch out and then enslave other people. No, no, don't I mean, colonize. We, we actually like circumnavigate and be like, "Oh, yes, the world is round." Yeah. Yes, we do live in a nesting doll of realities, and there's a reality above us and below us that we can sort of connect with, or the entire thing. Yeah. Can we bring energy in from those things? Can it change? Do those things. It means that life as we know it is going to change radically. Yeah. And what's interesting, I've always, every time something like this happens, whether it's the Industrial Revolution or whatever happens in history, that's that's so mind-blowing to people. Uh, it really is just one generate. You just have to have be a parent and have a kid as it's happening. And then it's just normal for those kids. I think it's really interesting that it's so easy to adopt new things as a human species, because like, here's an example for comedy. It's like when nine 11 jokes came out, I was like, God damn, don't you guys know that was just not that long ago. And they're like, I grew up in a reality where it was before I was born. So it's like, I just, oh, it's, accept- their, it's their Vietnam. Right. Yeah. So right. it's, I think, generations easily adopt and they never question. It's like, we never question factories. Sure. You know? And it's so, that's what's interesting to me is that like, we'll so easily adopt it. It's like your kids or maybe even their kids would be like, yeah, it's so crazy. I'm hanging out with my fifth dimensional buddy, uh, whatever, you right. know? And it's just going to be normal to them, which I think is great because we're such uh, an right. adaptive species uh, or we just have such short memories. Um, but I think that's really cool. And I'm, I'm excited to see what's mm. going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, 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 like, my perspective on it, you know, is that it might be catastrophic or troubling or difficult, depending on where you are in the, in the, the perspective. Meaning, 
if you're in that ping pong match inside the train car and the ball goes from east to west and you lose a point, you might be like, ah. Yeah. But the person standing outside doesn't see the, the point, doesn't even care about the game. They yeah, they're train like, what's by, the point? And the person above that barely sees the train. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, like it's so it's all that perspective of the kiosk. And, you know, I, and I get it. You know, my mother-in-law, if it happens in her lifetime, she's not going, she is going to be like Earth's flat. Crazy. A hundred percent. Yeah. Last time I brought up aliens with her, she she really was like, "Well, did God create aliens?" Oh know? yeah. And it was difficult at an emotional level for her, and I care about her, so I wasn't going to yeah. be like, you know, you need to figure this out. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You're just going to be like, ah, let let pop pop go to this grave thinking that. Yeah. You know, because it's easier. It's easier. So. Um. Yeah. The put your point on perspective. You know, you you pull back, and it changes your perspective. The further and further you get back, it's like you didn't see the point. You don't get. The, you don't get the point. You don't understand the game. You don't understand this, and then you get to a point where you're like, we're just all hanging out. And we're all together. I think that's the same feeling that astronauts get when they go up to space the first time and they see the planet as one thing. Right. Yeah. It's like we as humans are very lucky to even have that perspective, you know, and be able to look down and say, "Oh, we are just one planet. We all need to get along." Whereas you go a dimension up or a dimension up, and everyone's like, "Why are they?" squabbling about this shit just it's all about love and light it's all about this and it's just the further you go back the more it becomes just one sure one common understanding and uh right understand yeah, i guess it's understanding of the yeah. universe and as a whole or the or, or, or the solar system sure or yeah. someone's like you're worried about global warming your yeah. solar system is becoming you know <laughs> god the politics around that it's like no, no, they're like, like, gotta, your star is weakening <laughs> like, yeah. yeah forget about global warming yeah Man, all that space debris is causing man, that's black terrifying. holes. Man, there's a lot more culpability than we thought. Well, this has been this has been really fun. Yeah, I've had a good time on this. One. This, this is very uh, interesting. Um, very interesting, and I'm, I'm I'm glad that we're we're here in this space talking about this kind of stuff. Absolutely, I uh, I'm stoked that we're doing this, and uh, thank you for those sticking with us. Uh, yeah. I know it's been kind of an awkward transition, but as we go, uh, it'll get smoother, and we'll be back in the saddle normally. And we'll have guests on. We have a lot of people yes. lined up to be guests, so we're we excited do. to have a guest guests. back. So, Absolutely. Uh, on that note, I think uh, this has been uh, the Weird Science Podcast. Uh, I'm Justin. I'm Shane. Peace. Peace. Peace.